0: Welcome, Welcome to, to the Andy, Andy Griffin, Griffin show, show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Do you still get nervous when you've done something a lot of times? I figure two and a half years, five, to say days a week. I've probably done this show now—I don't know—five hundred times, six hundred times. I still get nervous. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890-949-KDXU. 9 I am Andy Griffin. Uh, Allie will be along to screen some calls. We have a couple of guests coming up, but uh, we're, we're kind of at their mercy as far as their schedule. One of them is Wes Davis. Wes Davis is with NAIXL, a commercial real estate company, who uh, basically put out this booklet, Tracking Trends of What's Going On in Southern Utah, uh, it was hard getting our schedules to mesh, but Wes is going to be joining me here in a couple of minutes and he can explain uh, kind of what we're talking about. If you think things are crazy out there, you have no idea how crazy they really are when it comes to uh, property. I mean, if you'd like to start a business, hey, all right, start a business. But where are you going to put it? Because there ain't nowhere to put it. And, and even if you had somewhere to put it, the rent or the payment on it would be well it would be a lot so we're gonna ha- we're gonna talk with Wes about that later on in the program probably in about a half hour or so we're gonna hear from Jack Hunter and uh, he's gonna talk about a- an event going on out at the airport this weekend at the uh, Western Warbird Museum they're gonna have a hangar dance you know, 40 style or 20 style or 30 style yeah, probably 40 style hanger dance Anyway, that's going to be pretty cool. He'll talk about that and some of the things that are happening. They're actually bringing in some pretty cool planes, uh, and uh, we'll get to we'll get to you, you actually could take a ride on one of those planes if you, you know, if you if you wanted to. I think you just pay for the fuel, basically. I don't know. We'll let Jack talk about that when he's on the air. But, uh, yeah, so a uh, couple of cool guests coming up right now. We're kind of in limbo a little bit uh, as we wait for them to uh, check in and be with us. Uh, 673-5890 is the phone number for the program, by the way. Or you can text me, 435-467-5842. And uh, you can email me, griffin at com. I found this cool article. Uh, it's about... Um, It's on the Foundation for Economic Education website, fee.org. And, uh, you know, it's not criticizing anybody. It's not talking about the things that we need to do to save the world and stuff. I mean, there's plenty of time for that. This one is, uh, well, the title of it is, The 20 Biggest Advancements in Tech Over the Last 20 Years. And I got reading it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot when we didn't have that. You know? Oh, oh, that too. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember. Uh, for instance, here's a couple of them. Flash drives. Before Bluetooth, uh, we had flash drives, and before flash drives, we had, you know, floppy disks and things like that. And man, transferring data around. First of all, your floppy disk had to be compatible with whatever machine you were moving it from or to. And just because you both had a PC type computer doesn't mean that it was going to read it if you had it formatted different. uh, So anyway, along comes something called the flash drive. First sold by IBM back in 2000, the USB flash drive allows you to easily store files, photos, or videos with a storage capacity so large that it's almost unfathomable. It was almost unfathomable a few decades ago. Today, a 12-gig flash drive is available um, for about 20 bucks, has more than 80,000 times the storage capacity of a 1.44 megabit floppy disk, which is what we used before, and it was the most popular type of storage disk in the 90s, the floppy. Now, you know, then the flash drive came along, and it you know. in my job, you know, I was a sports writer, I was a sports editor, I was the editor-in-chief of a, a paper, I had these different jobs, and the move, movement of data from one area to another from one computer to another, or from a camera to a computer. It was so, so hard until flash drives came along. And you almost forget that you know the, the, that flash drives revolutionized things. Now, now we have Bluetooth, and you can kind of beam over whatever it is you want anytime you want. And we'll talk about Bluetooth in a minute. But uh, I honestly had forgotten how big having those thumb drives, those little fra- flash drives, were. Uh, and and throw in with that those little square things that you put, it used to be in the cameras, the little uh, I don't know if there was flash drives too, but those little teeny uh, uh, discs uh, that you put in cameras and you stick in the side of your computer, and you could download a thousand photos or whatever. Yeah, those those were also revolutionary. Think about Skype or FaceTime now, if you're an Apple person. Uh, the advancement of 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 Skype of video calling as is nothing short of what what we would consider miraculous i mean just let's just go back you know to the 80s and and you had you know dick tracy with his with his communicator phone on his wrist and you had you know uh, uh sci-fi shows like the, well cartoons like the jetsons and and some other sci-fi shows where you could actually see somebody on screen when you talked to him and it was it seemed so far f- Far-fetched, so unbelievable to us back then. And if you're, you know, my age or maybe a little younger, but definitely older, you would say, "Well, video calling? Are you kidding? That is that is something out of a sci-fi movie." But now we can do it. You know, my my uh, when when we went through, you know, not visiting your parents or your grandparents or whatever, I think that. We either wouldn't have been able to do it or it would have been a, a way more difficult if we didn't have FaceTime and Skype and those the type of video calls. Those were, those were huge. They, they made a, a super huge difference in all of our lives. And so, uh, yeah, just think about life before, you know, video calls. How about Google? Google search engine actually premiered in the late 90s, but the company went public in 2004, leading to its colossal growth. Google revolutionized the way people search for information. Every hour now, there are more than 228 million Google searches every hour of every single day. Google is part of the Alphabet Inc., a company that offers dozens of services such as translations, Gmail, Docs, Chrome, web browsers, and Google Maps. You say, wait, Google Maps, what's the big deal there? Well, first of all, it helps us get around And there are several map versions. You know, there's the Apple uh, map version, the GPS. They they help you get around. But Google kind of took it up a notch because they had, of course, the GPS to help you find and and figure out how to go places. But they also presented Google Earth, which was a, a real satellite photo of where you might live. And then that translated eventually to Google Street. Have you ever, maybe you were going to go visit someone or your relative was visiting someone, have you ever put that address into Google? You can now get a top-down photo of it. That's, that's a few years old. But then you can hit Street View, and it will take you down right onto the street looking at their house. You can check out their backyard. You can check out their driveway. You can check out what cars might be out front. Uh, it is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. My daughter was visiting a friend in, in uh, Colorado. I forget the name of the town, Centennial or something like that. Never been there, didn't know anything about it. But she gave me the address of where this friend lived. We went, we went online and we were able to see. Now, it's not real time. It's not like real video, like I could see them standing in the yard. It's, it's still pictures that is taken and they've sequenced them so that, you know, it's like you're driving down the street or like you stopped in front of their house. So it's, you know, it's going to be a week, a month, or six months old. But still, the amazing idea that you can put any address in the world into Google, and there's a pretty good chance they have a picture of the street, a bunch of pictures of the street, a picture of the house, a picture of the yard. It's all there. It is amazing. I'm not a big fan of music videos or videos in general, uh, but you've got you to take your hat off and throw some props to YouTube. YouTube launched in May 2005. Uh, it is now the most popular video sharing website in the world. And uh, you can watch anything on YouTube from Harvard quantum physics lectures to, you know, a video of kitty cats, you know, falling down a slide. I mean, it's, it's all there on YouTube. YouTube. YouTube is one of those things that if, you can't even imagine. You couldn't even imagine it just 20 years ago. It Just didn't make sense. Now you can do a search on any video in the world, and uh, and it's there. It's pretty phenomenal stuff. Uh, hey, guess who's here? It's Wes Davis. What's going on, Wes? Hey, how are you? Thanks for coming in, man.
1: No problem.
0: Thanks for having me. You were able to give a, a, a talk to the Chamber of Commerce about was it about a month ago? Let's see. Yeah, a little. Yeah, roughly. And uh, I, I think we all feel the growth. We all feel people coming in. We all feel, you know, the traffic and, and everything, but the numbers that you were giving us on some of the growth in Southern Utah are, are really beyond imagine. They're, they're staggering.
1: It's yeah. Any given
0: weekend here in
1: town, our population shifts dramatically. Um, it's a hot place to come on the weekends, vacation, get away. And, uh, yeah, it's a great place to be. I
0: guess that's why we're all here. It is I'm I'm holding right here your little I don't know is this a what we call it a magazine or a... Oh that's a market report. Market report. Okay, we'll see. You, you know that kind of stuff I don't. But uh I mean just flipping through it and you're looking at these numbers vacancy rates and things like that for for commercial industrial and residential and the numbers are, are staggeringly low.
1: They are pretty low. I mean, you look at both uh residentials if you're looking for a residential rental Good luck finding one, right? I think the yeah. the rates show around 2 or 3%, but the only reason they're at that number is because it's long enough for somebody to move out and then get kind of a rehab, a fix-up, a cleaning going and get somebody else in. So it's only vacant for a couple of days. Uh, industrial, same thing. You're less than 1% vacancy rate, for especially for wow. smaller space. So if you're a small business looking to relocate into an office warehouse product, it's very, very difficult to find. I guess the good news is we have some additional product on both multifamily and industrial coming online, but it'll take a little bit of time to to get here, and we hopefully will also see some additional growth during that time. So,
0: The, the word we like to use now, popular word, is unprecedented. You know, this has never happened before. Yeah, hasn't. Ha- has it ever happened before? Anything close to this?
1: Uh, I've been in the market here in St. George for almost 20 years. Uh, the only time that we came close at least as far as industrial goes was two thousand six two thousand five two thousand seven mm-hmm. we had vacancy rates in that one to two percent range um, and then look you know forward fast forward about four years five years after that we had some industrial parks that were twenty five percent or higher in the vacancy rate uh, as far as residential goes. I think in 2006 was the last time we saw a major apartment complex built in our community up until probably 2018. And then since then, we've seen almost 1,500 to 2,000 units built. And we probably have another 1,000 that uh, are coming on board right now.
0: Do, do these apartments, i I I've always wanted to ask this, are, are they affordable to live in? Because every said, well, we need affordable housing. We need apartments. But if an apartment is $1,400 a month, that's still not real affordable to a young family.
1: It can be tied. I think uh, some of them, they are market rent apartments, vast majority, but there are a couple of products coming on that are affordable. There's one over by the new Smiths at Dinosaur Crossing. There's also mm-hmm. one out at Exit 13 that uh, they're based on income qualification, so they can be somewhat more affordable. There are some units, though, that are as little as you know, $1,000 a month, 1100 a month for a studio one bed. Uh, I don't know how affordable that is or not, but I think that's kind of where, where the market is, given demand but also given the cost of uh, construction. It's just, just craziness going
0: on out there. All right, let, let's talk a little bit. Uh, we, by the way, we're talking with Wes Davis, NAIXL, and uh, I, I think I have your title here. Officially, you are Senior VP of Sales and Leasing, Commercial and Investment Specialist. There that's, you a, go. that's a big title, man. Pretty fancy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what that means is you're a guy that uh, one of the things you, you're supposed to do is you're supposed to know stuff about stuff, Right. At least about real estate. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about it. you know, I, I Before you came on, I said, well, good luck if you have a new business uh, because where are you going to put it? I, is that a reality? If I wanted to start, say, a restaurant, I want to start a barbecue restaurant today, uh, Wes, what do I do? And, and can I? Yeah.
1: If you wanted to start a new restaurant and you are not necessarily looking for something with a drive-thru, mm-hmm. there are a few options there. Most likely it's something that's going to have to be built uh, brand new. There's not a lot of vacant space available that's restaurant-type space. I think retail vacancy right now is roughly 4.5%, 4.3%. So there aren't a ton of options, although there are some, but there are developments that are coming on board that will have uh, new construction available of facilities for a restaurant. So you might be a few months out, 6 to 12 months out before you could get uh, your business open.
0: Does, uh, does commercial real estate cost as much as private real estate does now is, is, you know, if I want to build a house? Our market
1: here is very similar in cost for commercial and residential. We don't have a lot of contractors that are commercial only or residential only. The ones that kind of dabble in both, dabble a little bit on each side. And so costs are very,
0: com- very comparable. When, when we, we talk about what's going on here, a lot of people are drawing comparisons to that 05, 06, right before everybody calls it the bubble bursting, mm-hmm. right? Um, is this similar in some ways to that, or, or is it completely different, and, and it, we don't have to worry as much as, as what, what happened back then?
1: Yeah, I think the market conditions are different. I'm, I know they feel similar in lots of ways, but I think they are very different. Uh, most of the people that are buying and investing in our community are cash or not highly leveraged or at least not leveraged with speculative type money. So uh, the type of investors, the type of buyers that are coming are very different. I think some of the shortages that we're seeing are based off of uh, actions that the government has taken, which has tightened up supply chains, which has wow. sometimes encouraged people maybe to delay going back to work full time. And so some of those things are, are what's causing challenges in our market, in our community, and maybe some of those things loosen up, we get people back to work, um, we start getting the supply chain going back up and production up and running again, it maybe will help stabilize some of the pricing. Uh, with interest rates looking to be very favorable for the next for foreseeable future, 9 to 12 months, it would be, it would, nothing that I could see would dr- dramatically lead us to have a change, uh, a burst, if you want to call it, over the next 9 to 12 months.
0: You know, I, I remember from my SimCity days, I don't know if you got started in this playing Sim City, but uh, residential, commercial, and industrial, right? The zoning and, and things like that. Uh-huh. Uh, where does an office uh, office building fit in in that? I guess that's commercial. But... Office would be commercial, yeah. Office,
1: industrial, retail, uh, all those are commercial type uses.
0: And, and do we have a shortage of those as well?
1: On all of them, there is a, a typical healthy market is somewhere between 6 to 8% vacancy, oh. which allows people to go out and, and be able to have options of what they're looking for, whether it's class A, B, or C, and your pricing will vary in class A being the highest price to C being the lowest price. And so all markets, all sectors in our current market are below what an ideal uh, market rate would be. Same thing if you're looking at an employment rate, right? If we have an employment at 1% or 2%, it means there's not a lot of people out there looking. And then the people that are looking, how highly qualified are they or aren't they? And so kind of similar in commercial real estate with only 1%, 2 or 3% vacancy rate, it makes it a little more challenging to, to find exactly what you might be looking for.
0: Well, you mentioned uh, the job market, and this isn't necessarily your area of expertise, but I've read online several different businesses saying we got to limit our hours because we can't get enough people to come work for us.
1: Yep, there are. There's a handful of businesses that used to be open 24 hours that are now scaling back. Wow. Uh, there's multiple restaurants here in town. You can just drive up and down around town and they've got signs out front uh, saying we're hiring. So anybody that's looking for a job, if Unless they're being trying to be super particular, they could very easily go out and find a job, uh, most anywhere right now. Is NAI excel hiring? I don't think so. No, not right now. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I think the report came out about a week ago that in our market we have 2,000 real estate agents, and that's commercial, residential, all mixed roughly. Mm-hmm. And I think on the MLS at that time there were between 200 and 300 homes on the market. So it it might be one of the hardest times ever to be a real estate agent if you're looking to get started.
0: One home for every seven or eight realtors or something like that is is the word I was getting. That's right. It makes it very competitive. Uh, Yes, yes, it does. Um, Are there any trends that are surprising to you? I mean, obviously, the explosive growth is is, the the fact that it's so explosive is surprising. But are there any other trends that you're looking at going, "Well, well, that's weird.
1: Uh, Not necessarily. I think we're surprised at the amount of money that's trying to come in from other areas and how aggressive they're willing to be in their investments here locally to try to get out of some of the other markets they're in. Uh, So, yeah, there have been some people that have been very, very aggressive in trying to pursue opportunities here, and there's a lot of people looking from – I think that day that we were uh, at the meeting, at the presentation – Uh, The top places that people were coming from were Southern California, Nevada, Northern Utah, and then you look all the way out to New Jersey. So there's people from all over the country kind of eyeing our little market here, and, and it's interesting to see what the reasons are to come here.
0: Wes, you okay to take a phone call or two? Sure. All right, let's do it. Uh, hey, you're on with... By the way, folks, if you want to call 673-5890 or you can text me at 435-467-5842. We'll go right to the phone lines. Hey, you're on with Andy. and with Wes Davis. What's up?
2: Good morning. Morning. So you know, Andy, this is Steve, and you know that one of the things that that I always, uh, when these discussions come up, it's it's about the jobs. Where the jobs going to come from? And of course, the people that are moving here are wealthy people that have cashed in from wherever they're at, and they're coming here, and they're driving housing and property prices through the roof. And so, at the same time, we're trying to build a community. And if we're honest with each other, it's a tourism retirement community. And so the people that actually get jobs here are going to be working at restaurants, are going to be working in the service sector, right. which doesn't pay very much. And so we have a government currently paying people more to stay home than to work. And so we have this, this uh, elephant in the room that we don't seem to want to talk about, but yet it's, it's a serious problem and it's going to continue to get worse. As I drive around the, the town, I see all kinds of uh, help wanted. But they're all, you know, eight, nine, $10 an hour jobs. Why would you take a job like that? You know, the average person's not stupid. He, he may not have the best ethics or morals, but uh, we're not stupid. If somebody's going to pay me uh, the same or more to stay home and my own time becomes my own, uh, why wouldn't I do that? And so my my question is, you know, we have all this growth and everybody, oh, yeah, you know, we need the growth, we want the growth, growth is good, we can't stop it, but we talk about affordable housing. The affordable housing is for the slaves that work here, our kids, that are going to be working and serving these wealthy people who are coming to our town. So my question is, what are we going to do about this, or are we just going to pretend it's not a problem?
0: Your thoughts, Wes?
1: Um, I Yeah, I I think to his point, there is right now a system that's created where there may be some additional incentive to not work versus go to work. Uh, But how do we change that or how do we how do we improve the situation here? I think we look for opportunities to, one, grow businesses here locally, but two, also to try to attract businesses from out of the area to come here, I think, during the pandemic. We were getting calls from a lot of businesses out of state that were production, manufacturing that aren't necessarily 8 to $10 an hour jobs. Some of them were you know, fifty, seventy five, a $100,000 a year jobs that we're looking mm-hmm. to relocate from out of the area here. And so I think in time as people continue to come here and some of these wealthy people that this gentleman talked about, uh, they have bi- some of them have businesses, some of them are looking for, t- for retirement or tourism here. But in time, it'll come, so I think we just got to continue to support, uh, promote our market, and look for opportunities to grow strategically and look for opportunities to bring good-paying jobs to the area. And that takes work from the private sector and also the, uh, some of our, our you know, county and cities also to support in, in that growth initiative.
2: Yeah, and all the people that I've asked this question over the last ten years, because this is nothing new. This has been a, a little boom time for quite a while, long before the pandemic. And you know, again, with with all due respect, that's the same answer I get from everybody. Well, you know, we're working on it. We've got you know, and we always hear about these these industrial jobs or these really good jobs that are coming. They're not coming. Where are they? If they're there, at least say for the last couple of years. Name a company who has moved here that's brought really good jobs where somebody could afford to pay go buy a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar home. Just what's name the company that's done that?
1: Yeah, we've had several medical companies come in. We've now we just had the announcement of a new hospital coming in on exit uh, thirteen. There's another group that's bought another piece of property over by um, Washington Fields that has some good paying jobs that'll come in. There are a couple of companies that have come in um, over on Exit 2. I'm think i trying to think of the name of the company that just announced the aerospace.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I know the one you're talking
0: about. It just (laughs) slipped my mind.
1: So there are some. There are probably not as many as those lower level paying jobs, but there are companies relocating here and companies starting here that that do have some good paying jobs, but not as many as, as what the you know, housing shortages are not as many as the
0: high-paying
1: jobs that we're looking for to fulfill these $500 to $100,000 homes. But
0: it's an interesting puzzle, Wes. And, and I'm going i am i am kind of poster child for exactly what he's talking about. I have my three sons have all moved up north. Well, my last one is moving this weekend up north because they. They couldn't find a job that paid for them to be able to afford a house here and still maintain a lifestyle. Now, I, I know at least two of my sons want to come back really badly. And, and if the opportunity presents itself, they will come back to southern Utah. But it feels like to me that gap is getting bigger, not smaller, as housing prices keep going up and up and up. And, you know, uh, one son is in, well, one son is in uh, education. He's a school psychologist. The other one is, uh, is a health professional. And so, it, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be tough, you know, and your, I don't know how you, old your kids are, or, 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 but it's going to be tough down the road.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, th- I agree. The gap's getting bigger and bigger. There's not a lot of lower entry level type housing coming in. Right. We've got some apartments coming in and we've got some townhomes, but I think townhomes now are starting at three hundred, four hundred thousand. Yeah. Yeah, so they're cheap now. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So it it certainly is a problem, and it's not an easy one to solve. But I, and it's not one that's going to be solved overnight. I think it is going to take time, and and there's no there's no magic solution to how to get those here overnight or how to change the pricing uh, of housing overnight either.
0: Wes, I got to get a uh, weather break, in. do you want us to hang a little longer? Or do you need to go? Sure, I got a few more minutes. Okay. Welcome back, nine thirty eight on KDXU. Coming up in about uh, well a little less than ten minutes, we're going to have. Uh, Jack Hunter couldn't make it, but he sent one of his friends. He sent Kirk over. We're going to talk about uh, what's going on this weekend out at the airport. Right now, we've got Wes Davis in here. Wes, how you doing, man? Doing good. Appreciate you coming on today. Uh, I know you're a busy man, and you're brokering billion-dollar deals and stuff all the time. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but the the question I get, and you probably get this all the time, is, Okay, so who's coming? Who, what, what, what big companies are coming? What, what big store is coming that's going to make me excited? I know you get that all the time. In fact, I think you got it at Chamber of Commerce last month.
1: And I think typically the question is, Is when is uh, Trader Joe's coming? <laughs> well, or Cheesecake to, Factory? Yeah. Or, yeah, or P.F. Right. Chang's? Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard of any of those three coming yet. Okay. There is a new restaurant that's coming over that's pretty good Asian food called Zao's. They should be Zao's. opening up in the next little bit over by uh, the Smith's Marketplace. Oh,
0: well, cool. Zows, huh? All right. We'll have to give that a try. Any word on Winco? Nothing yet. Nothing. Okay. No, nothing yet. Or a
1: second Costco or another.
0: Sam's Club. Sam's or, Club. Or, yeah. yeah, not
1: yet. There has been rumor they've been looking. Hobby Lobby's another hot topic that comes in. I know they've come and toured the market and looked around, but uh, no new
0: announcements on any of those. I think it's fascinating. I mean, we want, you know, obviously we want certain things, but uh, there are, some companies have very specific numbers. We will not come until there are such and such number of people.
1: There are, yeah, two Population number, demographic spending, socioeconomic numbers. Yeah, they some of them get very specific as to what their minimums are before they'll consider coming into a market. And one thing they don't maybe understand about our market, which is another thing that people ask about or talk about our population between summer and winter and any given weekend between baseball tournaments soccer tournaments yeah. ironman marathon i mean our population can vary
0: 20 30 40, people on a weekend that's phenomenal i mean I, in some ways it's bad obviously if you're trying to get around town you got something to do but in some ways it's incredible to see all these people come here understanding what we know about st george that it's an incredible place yep hopefully they come spend their money leave it here and and then we can take advantage of it. <laughs> is, is most of our growth going to be now out on the east and the south? Is, is that where we're going to see now the, the continued explosive growth?
1: We're going to see, yeah, lots of growth on both the south and towards the east. There's several new developments over by uh, San Hollow Reservoir on both sides of the reservoir. Uh, and then on the east side of Washington City towards the airport and in between the airport and the uh, San Hollow Reservoir. And then you've obviously got two very... Large, well, actually, three very large projects on on the the south block of town, from i fifteen all the way to uh, desert desert color desert canyon, so some really good projects down there and and that's where the
0: majority of the growth is going. We had the mayor of Tokerville on a couple of weeks ago, and he said they're going to have. I think he said 5,000 new rooftops is what he called it in the town of Tokerville over the next few years. He's going to go from a population of 1,700 to a population of about 17,000 within just a few years. Have you been involved
1: at all with that? That is. There's a big project on the north end of town. It's about 1,700-acre project. Uh, One of the local developers uh, who was very successful with the age-restricted community is doing a similar community up in there. And, uh, yeah, they're well underway. I think they'll rewrap the road going through there to connect out to uh, Zion's National Park.
0: And should be yeah, a lot of housing, a pretty good little project. Crazy. Now, you're a guy who keeps your your finger on the pulse of all this. Uh, is this going to end soon, or are we is the curve going to keep going up for a while? Uh,
1: hard to say right now. There's, I think everyone's pretty skeptical that we can continue to grow and grow and grow. Uh, I've talked to uh, several local developers, builders, cities, and looked at some of the national trends, and there's just no signs right now that anything's going to drastically change in the next year or so. Is
0: there, uh, is there an issue right now that you're aware of uh, of people behind on rent because of COVID, where maybe they lost their job for a while, or people not making their mortgage payments? Is, is there an undercurrent of that at all?
1: No, I looked at a report actually this morning before I came in. I was reading and looking at some of the national trends. And in southern Utah, we never had a big, a uh, high number of people that didn't pay their rent. Hmm. And nationally I think we're back up to close to pre pandemic levels of uh, most people fulfilling their rental obligations. So That's awesome. Yeah, that that's, that's good.
0: really cool. And and again it's worth mentioning here in southern Utah in particular, we yeah, we had March and April last year where 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 COVID shut things down a little bit or, or certainly slowed things down. But really since last May we've been relatively normal here in southern utah compared to other places i think we have yeah definitely have as far as our ability to go
1: out our uh, people looking to the community activity in the community it has been very strong uh, over the last years maybe even more so than previous years and part of that was we had a lot of people from other states coming here knowing that our parks were open that our cities were open restaurants were open and And so we did have some added activity, and and some of our businesses here did really well. Uh, Side-by-sides, boats, bicycles, uh, you you go into one of those places anytime over the last year, and very little inventory because people took the opportunity to, to, to capitalize
0: on that and spend some more time on the outdoors. Okay, Wes, i got to let you go. I've got another guest coming in, but I want to ask you one last question. Um, I didn't buy real estate. I bought a house a year and a half ago, but I didn't buy anything right before all this hit. Uh, Did I miss the boat? Is it too late to get in on what's going on around here financially? We still have a lot of people looking to buy, and there's still
1: lots of deals happening in our market. Uh, So, no, I think if people are still interested
0: in looking, there's opportunities out there. He is Wes Davis from NAIXL, a commercial real estate company uh, who uh, obviously, as you can tell, keeps a pretty close eye on what's going on with our market. Wes, thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Been a pleasure. He is Wes Davis. I'm Andy Griffin. I've got to take a commercial break. When I come back in, we're going to talk, well, airplanes and dances, and how those two topics actually they do go together. Uh, Real quick, uh, thank you to Joe Shoney. He's a loan consultant working for New American Funding. His specialty is uh, his specialty is customer service. Average average of five hundred thirty reviews, four point nine six. Out of five stars. Phenomenal numbers for Joe Shoney. Give him a call today at 435-590-6300. One more time. 435-590-6300. Thanks for hanging with us through the show. It's 947 on KDXU. I'm Andy Griffin. And Kirk was with. Kirk, I didn't catch your last name. What's your last name? Lorenz. Kirk Lorenz. Well, Kirk is uh, part of the group out there at the Western. I always, I always get the order of the, the name of the place. Western right? Sky. Western Sky Air Museum. Air Museum. It's, it's probably, right.
3: that's the easiest way to do it.
0: Well, what happened uh, years ago, we used to fly when Mike McGarry and I were doing games for Dixie College with a, a place called Western Air. And so I keep trying to throw air in there, in your name, and it's not there. But, uh, Kirk, thanks for coming out. I, I, you know, we wanted we asked Jack to come out. Obviously, he's a little bit busy because you guys have a big, big week going on this week. Tell us about it.
3: Yeah, we do. Yeah, he, he's taking care of those loose ends that need to, to be taken care of today. So he asked me to come in. So when the colonel asks the master sergeant to do something, I do it. But uh, And you're not
0: just joking. He used to be a colonel and you used to be a master sergeant.
3: Exactly. Yeah, we're both retired, so. Uh, yeah, we've got a, a busy day, uh, or a busy week, um, starting with Thursday and through Sunday of this week. So uh, we have our friends from uh, Arizona uh, who have the uh, commemorative uh, Air Force unit out there that mm-hmm. are bringing in uh, a couple of their aircraft that we're looking forward to again. They uh, were out here in July, um, and uh, we really did get along and uh, it, was, it was a good deal for them, and it was a good deal for us, and we want to keep that friendship going. Well, t- um,
0: tell us what they're bringing with them.
3: Yeah, they'll be bringing in a, a B-25 Mitchell, uh, oh. World War II bomber. Yeah. Um, its uh, nickname is Made in the Shade, yeah. and it's a uh, World War II veteran. Um, it flew uh, out of Corsica hitting targets uh, in World War II over in Italy. They're also bringing in a C-47 SkyTrain. Uh, wow. It's a cargo aircraft. Uh, that has been around for uh, before world war ii and is still flying up in alaska and other places sounds really big is that a really big it, one it, it, it was for then. yeah you know okay but uh, uh we've got that coming from them um they were going to bring the b-17 with them this time like they had uh, back in july mm-hmm. but safety um, says that they're not going to do it they've got some engine matters to take care of with the airplane and they're all about safety, these yeah, guys. Yeah, it's not like you can
0: pull over and work on their no, engine, you
3: No, know? no. So uh, that's what we've got coming from them. Um, you can uh, basically buy a seat to go up in those aircraft. Wow. And if that's something that you might be interested in, uh, I do have a phone number um, that I could go ahead and give out. They're taking care of all of their own scheduling, which makes it a lot easier on Jack.
0: Okay, so what's that number? Do you, have, you want to throw yeah. it out right now?
3: I'll go ahead and give it to you. It's uh, area code 480, and the number is 462-2992. So if anybody out there is interested in that, you can also go to their website, um, which is uh, basically um, www.azcaf.org forward slash tour. And uh, you can go ahead and just book it uh, right over the internet so it's a pretty good deal so they'll be
0: there thursday friday saturday Is that right? yeah
3: they're going to actually be doing the the rides friday through sunday okay so
0: well oh, through sunday all right awesome uh if you've if you've never been if you've never been up close to one of these things they are phenomenal uh and then if you've ever ridden in one of those you know it's an experience you'll never forget uh so uh yeah head on over there uh you also have a dance coming up right
3: we do we do. On um, Saturday, we'll be having uh, basically a, a hangar dance, um, and it's going to be in the 40s, you know, swing dance music style. Love so it, yeah. it's awesome. Um, basically, it's a salute to those that, of course, served uh, uh, for us in World War II and uh, hope to have some World War II veterans that are still around out there uh, at the event um, as our VIPs. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, If you're interested in the dance itself, um, you can go ahead and and contact uh, uh, Jack directly. You can go to our website, um, which probably the easiest way to go ahead and just book it yourself. Um, So you just do Western Sky um, uh, Aviation Museum, look that up, go to our website, and... um, There'll be a place there that you can go ahead and just uh, sign up uh, for the dance. And by the way, if
0: you're a veteran, uh, they're, they're free. Yeah, not a bad deal. So uh, the veteran plus one guest, so you can bring your girlfriend or whatever, whatever. I was able. I actually had uh, two dates last time I went to it. I brought my wife and my daughter. Super. And I had a matching polka dot tie to go with their dresses. Yeah, and stuff. yeah I, I think remember. I remembered that. We got we made it to the finals of the costume contest, but there were a couple that were better than us. I admit uh-huh. So, but, uh, it, it was a lot of fun, a lot of great dancing, live music, I guess. At the it is live, well. live
3: music. We've got, uh, you know, a jazz ensemble coming in to, to do that. Uh, there'll also be, uh, some entertainment later on, uh, during the night with some Hawaiian dancers, oh, wow. um, because this of course is going to be in December. It's going to be the, uh, 80th anniversary mm-hmm. of the Pearl Harbor, uh, attack. So, um, we wanted to do something to commemorate that, um, as it's coming up. Hard to believe it's uh, it's been that long. Obviously, I wasn't born yet when it happened, but uh, it seemed
0: like we were just celebrating like the 30th anniversary. And here I know. Are at I know.
3: It, no, time so. just flies. So, um, but yeah, we've got a lot of things going. We will have, um, you know, food vendors and stuff like that out uh, during the days at the events. Mm-hmm. Um, for the the dance itself, we have refreshments, so it's not a sit down meal. But uh, everybody seems to have enjoyed it over the past years and it's, it's one fantastic. of those things that people want us to continue doing so we do.
0: Again it's a 1940s hangar dance this Saturday and uh, I think it starts what about 630 or something like that?
3: Yeah what they're going to do um, and I, I, I know that they did it in years past it's going to be 630 to 10 and then they are going to have uh, dance lessons for those that need to spruce up a little bit on their swing nice. dance um, abilities. Um, and that's going to be at 615 to 640 for desk dance lessons. And then um, the band will start up after that, and we'll go until 10, o- 10 o'clock.
0: My big issue this year, Kirk, is I had, I've had i recently had foot surgery, oh. and so I'm not allowed to dance. or uh-huh. I'm basically not allowed to do anything well, ex- except sit around. And-
3: J- Jack did <laughs> uh, want me to ask you if you'd be up for a flight in an airplane, though.
0: I, uh, you know, I have, I, I, I will I, absolutely. I'm not afraid of flying at all. Uh, in the past, he's asked me to get in the Chinese Mig with him, and I said, Jack, you are not going to get my six foot five, <laughs> 320 pounds in the Chinese Mig. You, yeah. just, I mean, maybe if you chopped me up into pieces, you might be able to get it in there. Maybe, but, maybe, <laughs> maybe but, not. Too.
3: Uh, yeah, we do have, uh, uh, you know, flying through throughout the days. Uh, there, of course, you got the B-25. The C-47 will be taking passengers out and bringing them back, so you'll see them go in and go out Incredible. periodically. And then we have a couple of other airplanes that throughout the days will will be flying. And, and uh, one of them is the Yak-52. I don't know if you've seen that airplane. Over, it's a, a single-engine, propeller-driven, um, Russian-built aerobatic trainer. Oh, wow. And that's what Jack has in mind for you. Oh, well, really? And uh, the, the, <laughs> the man who pilots that. Is a is a great pilot. I've been up with him. Uh, he's a commercial airliner pilot, so you have nothing to worry about being with him.
0: All right. Well, you tell Jack I'm not afraid. I, I you know, if I can fit in the seat, I will do it. I, th- I think that's so. that's my biggest concern.
3: <laughs> he's he's pretty big guy too. So okay. I think you okay.
0: will. Awesome, Kirk. Can, can you tell us why this stuff is important? I, you know, I, I get excited about it. I love. You know I love the history of it all, and I love the history of our armed forces and and what you guys have have done and, and done for us uh, but I think a lot of people are like, oh, what's a big deal? It's some old airplanes
3: well i I think the 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 best way to to look at it is um, there was a lot of sacrifice made by a lot of people, mm-hmm. so we can even be on the air today and uh yeah uh, one way to to commemorate that is through those those artifacts and basically uh, these aircraft are artifacts of, of that history, of those people that made sacrifices. And you know, not all of uh, the people who made the sacrifices um, um, are gone. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of them that are still here around us every day. And uh, if putting uh, and keeping an airplane up in the air that that uh, you know flew through a different war or conflict is still around, um, it it kind of says. You know, thank you to them, those that are still around. So, if, if
0: memory serves, a couple of those planes you have out there still have uh, bullet holes in them from their time in the service.
3: Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, one of them there, which is our uh, our little ground attack aircraft, uh, the A thirty seven, and it did twenty two hundred hours of combat wow. in Vietnam, actually with the, the South Vietnamese Air Force, but it's American made, um, made made by Cessna. Huh. And we flew the same type of aircraft over there as well and it's it's got battle damage on it and that aircraft will be on display uh, will not be flying during the event but it'll be on display and would be happy to show you around it so do you, do you get up in the air still sometimes I, I do I do um, I, I was not a, a flying member um, in in the military. I uh, actually was uh, had a two-part career in the military. I started. Uh-huh in the air force as a survival instructor oh wow um, stationed at fairchild air force base and i used to take the air crew out to the woods and most of them were miserable <laughs> <laughs> and also taught uh, captivity survival techniques really and wow. uh it was a, a good start to a career and then ended up getting off active duty went into the air national guard and retrained into aircraft electrical systems and worked on F-4 Phantoms, and F-16s. so Phenomenal. It was, it was a lot of fun.
0: Well, thank you for your service, and thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, again, a reminder, folks, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I think what, uh, Friday through Sunday they're giving rides on the airplanes, but mm-hmm. we'll have all the airplanes out there for you to look at and uh, just be a part of. Uh, I want to say it's, it's cheap to get in, right? Six bucks or yeah, something Yeah,
3: like it's $6. And basically you're going to be um, wearing a bracelet. They'll give you one of the little... Um, bracelets yeah. and that is good for the entire time oh, okay if they have the event it's just we'll be looking for scotch tape and won't let people with scotch tape on their bands get <laughs> back in <laughs> but other the, than that
0: the hangar dance is saturday night at uh, 6 30 they have some dance lessons and things will get really rolling at seven o'clock uh and uh, kirk looking forward to it. it's gonna be a fun week
3: thank you for having us on
0: We're out of time, folks. It's 9.59 here on News Radio 890-949-KDXU. Tomorrow we're going to hear from a school board member who is not Terry Hutchinson. Terry Hutchinson is on a lot, but uh, we're going to mix things up again. I think we'll have Steve Dunham join us as well. We'll talk about those masks and how, well, the kids, they don't have to wear them anymore. That's tomorrow.